What's up, guys? Welcome to another edition of the Clinical Mastermind Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Pringle, and today I discuss acupuncture and exercise and how I integrate them into my practice. What's up, guys? Welcome to another edition of the Clinical Mastermind Podcast. And uh, what I've got for you today is a slightly shorter version of, uh, of the podcast. It's about 15 to 20 minutes. And uh, the purpose of this particular discussion is around my use of acupuncture and exercise and how I integrate them as treatment modalities for a lot of pain and movement problems. And uh, if you follow my content and you've been following uh, this podcast, uh, you'll hear me talk a lot about acupuncture and how we use it in certain contexts. Um, and of course, what I do believe is most important is the clinical reasoning and the uh, clinical decision-making and the process and all that kind of stuff. And that's what I focus on most. But from an intervention standpoint, you'll hear me mostly talk about acupuncture. And there's a good reason for it, and I'll allude to that in the podcast. But essentially, it's because we can get really consistent, uh, great results, and we can learn a lot of information about the body. But uh, in this conversation with Brendan, who's a physio who uh, works with me at Endeavor, um, we kind of dive into a little bit more detail about why I do what I do, how I integrate it in different ways, and just highlighting the other piece of the puzzle and how I, I look at the resources available for an individual uh, and their ability to adapt to the demands of their activities being really important in navigating the uh, interaction between acupuncture, exercise, advice, and all the other pieces of a well-rounded treatment approach. And uh, so I think it'll be useful for you. Maybe you're someone who doesn't use acupuncture yet. Maybe you're someone who's using it uh, and is focused just on that alone. Uh, perhaps you are an acupuncturist and it's really the only modality you use. I think you'll get a lot of value out of understanding how in an ideal world we can integrate all three and how I actually do that on a regular basis as well. So I, I think regardless of where you stand in practice style and approach, you'll, you'll find that there's some, some valuable pieces of information from here. I'm really excited about some of the changes uh, to the clinical mastermind mentorship program, to some of the content that I'm going to have available to you guys over the next little while. So I really want you to stay tuned. And now would be a good time just to remind you to check out clinicalmastermind.com and sign up there for the email list because you're going to be getting access to some new information and I want you to be the first ones to receive it. You can also email me at dan at clinicalmastermind.com. You can visit me on Instagram at dpringle.physio, Twitter dpringle underscore physio, or youtube.com slash D Pringle with no E. That's D P R I N G L. And uh, make sure that you are sharing this with uh, as many practitioners as you think would benefit from it. I think there's a lot of useful information that I'm sharing now and in the future, and I'd love for you guys to get engaged. Uh, share your insights, your thoughts with me, with others, and uh, let's build a community here because I believe we're all moving in the right direction. And with that, please enjoy the podcast. I know that you spend a lot of time. Uh, using acupuncture as a treatment method mm -hmm. um, what's your understanding or uh, how do you approach using exercise as an option yeah that's a good question um, obviously a lot of my content and a lot of what I talk about on a regular basis is acupuncture based stuff needle based stuff um, from the treatment side of things from the assessment there's a whole world that it doesn't matter what actual modality you use um, that I think a lot of people can gain 
right? There's a lot of room for improvement, I think, for most people in terms of how they approach a patient who's sitting in front of them and asking them the right questions, getting the right information from those questions, leading that into the assessment, and coming up with a plan of these are the targets, this is what's going on with the body. I think there's a lot of room to improve on that side of things. Um, for me, the reason I, I gravitate towards the acupuncture approach so much is, be, is for a couple reasons. One is we can see immediate changes. We can learn very quickly how one area is related to another, and that's very valuable. One of the downsides of an exercise approach is oftentimes it takes a long time for us to see changes. It's not a downside even, it's, it's oftentimes very necessary. And, and I'm going to talk to you about that in a second, but um, it's something that uh, requires consistency, buy-in from the patient, it requires uh, regular follow-up to make sure that they're doing it properly. It requires a lot of patience to see improvement. And while I use that approach on a regular basis, um, it's something that is, is very difficult for us to pinpoint exactly what's happened, what the mechanism was, why it's better, etc. And lastly, there actually are a ton of resources. If you look on social media nowadays, you can find exercises for every part of the body, for every pain problem, for every joint, for every tissue. You can find that stuff. It's very easy to find, but it's generic. Knowing when to use it and how to use it is actually much more difficult. So from that standpoint, uh, I think there's a lot of good exercise resources available. And like I said, it is a significant part of my treatment and my approach. It's one of the reasons that we have our red court system in the gym. It's one of the reasons I've partnered. We have trainers here at the clinic because I understand the importance of that side of things. Um, but I've developed our, my skills and the team, the therapy team skills such that we have something even better that we can um, integrate as well that will augment it, give us more clarity about what's going on, and then lead to hopefully better results. So essentially what our model ends up looking like for the most part is that we go through that assessment approach as we've discussed, and there's a lot of intricacies there. Uh, but we end up with a patient, we have a general idea of what's going on, we can use electroacupuncture as a way to uh, create significant changes in the nervous system and the metabolic system in the soft tissue dimension and the movement patterning perspective all quite quickly. And I like to think of that as like the access to the nervous system, to the movement pattern, to the range of motion, uh, to certain muscles that they may not have had when they came in the door. And we can see immediate changes and they last quite well, as you know. Um, beyond that though, I think we need to focus as much on that on what I call deployment. So the use of that access. So great, now you've got more range of motion. You can squat much more deeply because of the acupuncture treatment, which was fantastic and very beneficial to you in and of itself. To have the best result, the most resilience, the longest term change, we need to get that individual to be deploying those new resources often and as effectively and as efficiently as possible. So that stage requires more than anything the exercise component because they need to build a connection between the brain, the nervous system, and the mechanisms of output, the muscles primarily, and the joints, to be able to integrate all of that information consistently in their day-to-day -day life, in their sport, in whatever environment they're in. So we can't forget about that deployment side. It's as important as the other stuff, but it's hard to deploy resources when you're only functioning at 50% of them. So if you don't have the range of motion, we're gonna to have to do hold relaxed stuff, a lot of mobility work, maybe some, maybe a, a stretching regimen. Like we're gonna to have to do a lot of work to build up to the point where they can start to do this stuff. But if I can put some needles in, change the nervous system, improve access to the muscle, improve the range of motion, improve proprioceptive and afferent information, 
Now they've got all of those resources they didn't have before to deploy in the movements they have in day-to-day life and in the exercise repetitions that they're doing to help to improve their overall function in a lasting way. So I like to think of it as having both of those components. Uh, Some people are really good at the deployment. They're able to take whatever you've got and help you get the most out of it. Uh, What I find we do best is taking whatever you've got, giving it getting you a lot more of it, getting you a lot closer to your maximum available access in terms of resources, getting you to deploy those resources more effectively, and then hopefully, once you're deploying more effectively, increase the amount of resources you actually have at your disposal, right? So you go from having few resources and deploying them poorly to having more resources, deploying them well. Now, we increase the resources even further. So those three stages are really what we want to focus on, if we can, to create the maximal outcome in terms of function for patients. And I think there are people who do the exercise piece, the, the resource allocation side, really well. There are people who are really good at electroacupuncture and can increase those, those supply that are available to them. But uh, not very often do we see the integration of both at its maximal level. At a certain high-level performance uh, centers and and teams and athletes and environments it happens but the vast majority of people have difficulty taking someone increasing their resources getting them to use them well and then developing a strategy for them to perform at a high level for a long period of time and that's something that i really try to integrate into every patient now sometimes uh, they're at a certain stage where we have to focus more on one than the other um, or their time doesn't allow it or if someone has no capability to do the exercises outside of the clinic environment because of time or schedule or uh, where they live or work, then we have to pick and choose which of those we focus on. Mm. And it's different for every person. But it means that someone can come in with pain and we can focus on all three, or someone can come in without pain and we can just focus on the third. Mm. Or even then still, someone who's not in pain, there still may be resources that they can access that they don't have available to them at this point in time. So we have to... If we do a really good job of it, we can tackle any of those at one point in time or all of them if the situation allows it, and that would be an ideal scenario. Uh, so we can't really just focus on on one if we want to have the best uh, best outcomes and the best practice. Okay, awesome. So say somebody had very poor movement patterns. Mm-hmm. Um, is your approach to that, again, both acupuncture and exercise base 50 50 or would you i guess it would depend on the person but would you focus more so on those exercises with those people who are moving poorly rather than um using acupuncture it it totally depends and i'll tell you what it depends on to to be more specific um if there's someone who seems to be relatively healthy using their body relatively well Mm -hmm. um pretty good metabolic system pretty good strength perhaps, and mobility is okay, but you watch them move and there's a lot of inefficiencies. Then I'm going to look at that and say, okay, the primary thing I need to get you to do is to move better, to use your resources more effectively, to deploy more effectively. If I see someone who moves poorly but has all sorts of range of motion restrictions and weakness globally and um, old injuries, then I might say, I can start the deployment, but I know it's going to be a long time to get you exercising and moving better because you've got so little at your disposal. You don't have the range of motion and the nervous system information and the strength to accomplish the hinging movement at uh, high enough frequency at, in good quality reps 
that are going to lead to an outcome in a short period of time. So I might have to say, here's what we're going to do. We're going to start on the uh, the acupuncture side of things, the manual side of things, whatever I need to, to get you out of pain, to give you the resources you need to build the foundation. And once that foundation is built, then we can address the movement pattern. So a lot of times people come in and they move badly, move poorly, and they have pain. My first goal a lot of times is to get them out of pain. And oftentimes electroacupuncture manual stuff is a really great approach for that advice and other modifiers to get them out of pain and then we focus on moving better. For someone who doesn't have pain as a priority, then movement becomes a higher priority as well. And then the question is, well, how do I improve their movement? Mm -hmm. And I would say it comes from experience and in specific cases, it's a lot easier if we have more information on a specific individual to be able to guide you in terms of which direction they need to go. But on a high level, um, I try to incorporate uh, what, what I need to to help them uh, move better. Sometimes that requires giving them access, and sometimes it just requires repetition and guidance. Uh, and, and a lot of the young athletes we work with, it's repetition and guidance more than anything, right? They've got everything, they just don't know how to use it well because they either haven't been taught or they developed some weird movement patterns. So all we've got to do there is teach them how to do it, give them reps, get them stronger, and they'll be good to go. Um, as you get older, those poor movement patterns have created other problems and other maladaptations that we kind of need to address first before we can go back to square one and get the movie better. Right. So say say you're working with a pro athlete, yeah. and in your opinion, they don't move that well. They move very poorly. What's your approach on that? Would you? Yeah. What, what would you do? Same thing. Yeah. Because there's a lot of pro athletes who uh, who do, don't have great mm-hmm. um, mobility and don't have great strength in certain areas, and it's not because of an adaptation necessary for their activity. It's just that's the way they are because they're taking so much out of the pot and they're not putting enough in that over time their body is slowly losing its adaptive resources. Okay. Follow me? Yeah. And so I will first look at them and say, well, chances are if you're a pro athlete, your body will be quite responsive to a lot of the interventions that, that we're doing. My hope is that your metabolic system and your genetics are going to allow you to respond well to intervention. Now, if you've got a more chronic type injury, that's a different story. Um, but my first goal for them oftentimes is to change those um, those things that I can with acupuncture and manual and, and whatever on that side of things. Um, the one kind of factor that might depend on an athlete basis is how much and what they're doing in the gym. Do they have a good trainer? Do they have someone who's trying to teach this stuff and is trying to drill it in and they actually just can't get it or haven't figured it out yet? In which case, okay, great. Then I really need to focus on giving them access because they've got the person who's doing the deployment stuff really well and they just don't have the ability to access that part of the nervous system, the afferent information is dysfunctional. Their mobility, the stretching and the strengthening isn't improving the mobility the way they want it to. Even though they know what to do, they can't get themselves to do it consistently in the gym or in their sport environment, right? So oftentimes that's the case. There is the other case where they don't really have good training, whether it's um, the lack of attention or maybe they have nobody or maybe have somebody who is working on an approach that doesn't seem consistent with what we're trying to get them to do, or is just thinking very high level and I'm like, you need to work on activation of your feet and they're busy just working on deadlifting, right? And so in those cases, I might actually need to focus more on cueing and some of the little technical stuff that they're not getting from their trainer. 
So it kind of depends on the case, but those are the factors that I would I would consider in those scenarios. Yeah, I, I guess you spoke about it before about they they have have adapted to their sport, like like the the jumpers and the the runners, basketball players. Mm-hmm. Knowing when those structures say the tightness that they might have, um, and you kind of just don't want to address that. Do you find that that makes it a little bit more difficult to think about, do I want to change this movement pattern that they have, or do I want to address a certain area? Um, what's what's your take on that? Yeah, definitely it does, yeah. right? Um, you, with any patient of any kind, yeah. you need to understand what the demands of their activities are, right? You need to know, are they a cyclist, are they a runner, do they sit in their ass? You need to kind of understand what they're asking their body to do or what they might ask their body to do. Do they like to play tennis twice a year, but it's for a full week when they go down to Florida? Okay, well, their body needs to sort of be prepared for that so that they don't come back and they're hurt because they're only challenging themselves at a short period of time. So the demands would be different than someone who literally never plays tennis and just sits on the beach down in Florida, right? So at any level, we have to consider what the actual demands of their activities and their daily life are. And that will guide us very deeply in terms of treatment, prognosis, and plan. When it comes to a pro athlete, it's exactly the same. We have to take into consideration what their sport demands and whether or not the adaptation is beneficial or not. Or if it's adapted too much even, right? Like if it's gone too far, we don't want to completely get rid of this mechanism. But we need to do a little bit of work because it's gotten too tight now. Or it's developed too much restriction. Or it's... Um, change the range of motion in this such a way that is now creating a problem elsewhere. So we have to understand that. And it's not simple, as you mentioned, to try to navigate that. Um, Lastly, when you do have all that information, um, you kind of have to think about timing. So what that means is you have to figure out, is now the right time for me to spend time tinkering with their mobility, with their range of motion? Does it make sense at this moment in time when they've got playoffs in two weeks to try to improve this dysfunction in their hip? Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. Depends on the magnitude of the influence you're trying to make. It's one thing to just throw some global needles in and have an influence and, oh look, your hip range is better. It's another to spend a lot of focused attention on something that has a very specific demand in their activity. So there's there's no right answer, but um, you need to take in as much information as possible. And with those complex cases where the demands are very particular, you have to go even further to understanding the demands. And that goes from everyone from, you know, dancers to very precise athletes of different kinds uh, to those who have extreme high demands on their body. We talked about like a high jumper. There's very extreme demands in a very small region of their body. You got to pick your time if you want to mess with that stuff, even if they're injured. So that becomes a really nuanced dis- decision and discussion, and it's not always simple, but you have to consider the timing when you when you uh, make a decision like that. Yeah.